Good morning. Uh, thanks for coming this morning. You might have drew the short straw. You can let me know afterwards, um, but we'll see how we go. Does anybody know what day today is? Other than Sunday. It is the last day of the Tour de France, the greatest, the greatest race on earth. And that's kind of what I want to talk about a little bit. I'm not going to labor the point, so if you're not into cycling, um, it's okay. I'll not go on too much, but it's kind of to use it to... They, they speak a lot about community in, the, in cycling. And this here, Motley Crew is called a, a peloton, which is... I quite like the sound of that, because I looked up what the word meant. Oh, hang on, I should start my stopwatch. Um, otherwise, Alan's going to throw stuff at me. So the peloton um, comes from this word called platoon, which I kind of like, because... You know, when you think of Peloton and community, it's like, well, that's a bit froofy like in it. But platoon, army, that's kind of that's my jam. That kind of sounds good. You know, like, so as part of a community, we're part of, of an army. And this year, even though it looks pretty, uh, pretty boring and mundane, it's, there's so much, like, you know, a picture paints a thousand words. You know, in, in, in the Tour de France, they have various teams. They're all competing to win. They're all competing to, to try and, in various fields, they have. And in each team, there's variety. You've got experienced people on the team. You've got rookies, you've got, you've got sprinters, you've got climbers, you've got all-rounders, and then you've got your lead-out man. The, kinda, the man that they all kind of work towards. So when Team Sky, the lead-out man's Chris Froome, who's going to win today, hopefully, barring some crazy thing happening. And this is kind of similar to... So what we can learn from that as Christians, from that community, is in order to, to, to succeed and to do well, we need to surround ourselves with good people. We need to surround ourselves with different people. Because if we're all just the same, if, we just, if, if I just surround myself with lots of Matthews, as wonderful and great as I am, that, I'm, not, I'm not going to really, I'm not going to get very far in life. You know, there's going to come a point when I'm going to get stuck. I'm going to get stuck in a rut and I'm going to get, I'll just be like, oh, well, I'll get frustrated. And then I'll either kind of like man up and deal with it or, or run away. Run away from what, what the problem is, whatever it is that I need to address, whatever that the obstacle, the obstacle is. Much like the obstacle we all had this morning getting in. I had to walk the whole way up to the second gate to get in. <sighs> brutal, brutal. You know, but so we, we all have these different obstacles, and if we surround ourselves with the same people, that's not going to work. So, you know, in, in Team Sky, the, the, the team that are going to have the, the leading man in, in the Tour de France, they've, just, they've got this great team around them, and there's guys who are specialists in different things, so that at different stages of, of the race and at different stages of life, I can, they can turn to them and say, I need your help here. I, I can't do this. You know, I don't know how to climb this mountain. It's too big for me. I've never climbed a mountain before. And then up steps my mate, and he says, let's go, and I'll, I'll pull you along with me. And this is modeled beautifully in, in the Bible. So I am making it, I am making it like, you know, kind of scriptural and, and Jesus-y, so it's not all, it's not all sporty. So uh, Mark 2, uh, 1 to 12, I'm sure it's a story that most of us are, uh, are somewhat familiar with. And just while it's up on the screen, and... I just want to think of it. There's a quote by a guy called Chris Vallotton, or he's speaking, and he talks about God brings different people into your lives for, for different seasons and for, and for, and for a re different reasons. So sometimes, you know, we might be in a, in a bad place or in a, in, a, in a good place, and God's going to bring someone into our life, and that person might be in a better place than us or in a worse place than us. So whenever people come into our lives, we need to ask, why are they in my life or why am I in their life? What, what, what good can I do for them or what good are they for me? And I think sometimes if we, if I'm being honest, can I be honest for a second? Is that okay? You know, I think sometimes whenever, you know, you, someone comes into your life and they've got it all going on, you know, like they're, they're, they've got a good job, they're a good house, nice car, like, like a perfect hair, you know, and like just everything is going on. You're like, 
that person's a bit of an idiot. They've got it all going on. And you're like, you know what, that's not for me. I don't want to, I don't want to be with, I'm not going to spend time with them. But maybe, maybe I'm, I'm kind of, I've got nothing going on. My life's just falling apart. I haven't got good hair and I haven't got a good job. So God's brought that person into my life to inspire me, to encourage me. So our job is to like, to kind of, not question, but whenever people come in being like, okay, what, what, you're here for a reason. Why are you in my life? You might be weird, you might be different, you might have funny shoes or whatever it might be, but God's brought you into my life for a reason, and I want, I want to know what that is. So, like, you know, it really challenged me hearing him speaking about that to, not to question, but to be really open to, to the people in my life, the people in my life that I experience through this community, through our church community, through life group, through life, through going out for coffee, whatever it may be, just to really be open to what God's doing in that. So Mark 12 has a, a great example of, of people who are conscious of the people that are in their lives. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly, quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed that the visitors, there was no more room for visitors, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him in because of the crowd, so they dug a hole in the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were talking, what they were thinking, sorry. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or stand up and walk? Take up your mat and walk. So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your bed and go home, your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We have never seen anything like this before. There's so many things in this story that are, are just wrong. Like, you don't just turn up to someone's house and cut a hole in the roof. Like that, you know, but that, I just, I just, it's just pure wrong. But obviously, um, there, was a, there was a reason for it. And I would, I would hope by the end of it, whoever owned the house wasn't too upset. Hope, maybe, maybe they had a whip around and give him some money to help fix, a, fix a, the roof. But, you know, verse 2, you see, whenever the, the house was filled and there was no more room, but these four guys... The, the seen the obstacle and thought, we're not going to stop. Just because there's a few fences in the way, just because I have to drive around a few extra roads, just because the house is full, this, this, this guy needs Jesus. Our friend needs to have an encounter with God. He needs to be brought right before the feet of Jesus. And I think sometimes we need to be like that too. No, I don't think we do need to be like that. It's very clear we need to be like that. We need to be people who, who come before Jesus and who bring our people before Jesus, the people in our lives. And verse 3, I love this because it says here, the four men um, carried the paralyzed man on the mat. Whose mat are we carrying? And who, who do we let carry our mat? I think for the rest of this talk, I'm going to just refer to the, the paralyzed guy's brother Matt and his four mates. So we've got brother Matt. So who, who's our brother Matt? Because there's got to be people in our lives. There is people in our lives. And if they're not in our lives, we need to get them in our lives because there's a lot of people in character. There's a lot of people in, in our surrounding area that need Jesus and they're looking, they're crying out, they're, they're hungry to, to encounter something and because they're, they're not being introduced to Jesus, they're, they're going to find it somewhere else. So let's, let's, find, let, let's start taking responsibility for the people in our lives and for the people in our families and, and, and in our workplaces and, and wherever we do life. And uh, so, you know, who's Matt am I, Karen, and, and who are my people? 
And I just love the fact that they were, they were so persistent. You know, verse 4, they went up to the roof and started cutting the hole. They didn't, they didn't just rock up and be like, that's ah, too busy, not doing this, not interested. They were like, we came for a reason. We came for, with a purpose. We came to find Jesus, and we're not leaving until we do. And that needs to be our, we need to have that tenacity to be like, do you know what, I'm not, I'm not letting go. I'm not stopping until I've met Jesus. I'm not, I'm, not, like, I'm not leaving my mate behind until he's found Jesus, until his life's been changed and transformed. And, you know, this guy could have, he may well have been happy or just resigned to the fact that he was paralyzed and that was it and didn't have any hope. You know, so what, what are the things that, that paralyze us? What are, what are our fears? What are our, what, are the, what is it in my life? You know, it might be fear. It might be our past. It might be our future. It might be our friends. It might be whatever. It could be any, a list of millions of things that, that, that paralyzes us. We need to be open and honest to be like, I need some help, you know, and find our people, find our four friends. I haven't got four, maybe two. If you're not heavy, you can have two friends. And if you're a bit heavy, you might need four. Whatever it might be, whatever, whatever the need is, whatever the issue is, however big or small it is, let's find people and be willing and open and honest enough to say, do you know what? I need help. I'm struggling here. I, I, will, will you carry me? Will you help me? And as, as, as part of our community, as part of, as part of church life, it's a safe place to do that. And if... if I'll say it for me. It's like if you I kind of go to somebody and be like, here, will you help me? And they say no. We'd probably just ask them to leave, you know, because if, if we're if we're not willing to help people and, and pray with somebody, or kind of be like, uh, I, I I I can't do it. Let me find someone who can. That's 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 what we need to be. We need to be persistent in offering people that their help. And uh, so, the kind of bit that probably should talk about a little bit is a wee bit where Jesus kind of breaks the cultural rules a little a little bit. He kind of he kind of went in and said to the guy, he's like. Right, okay, I'm going to, going to heal you and going to, see, going, going, going to forgive you of your sins. And all the Jews are kind of like, wait a minute, you're not, only God can do that. You're not God, you're just, you're just a prophet, you're just like some guy. And uh, Jesus kind of, much like Johnny was talking about last week, he likes to deal with the, the heart issues. So whenever the, he had, the, the woman came to Jesus last week with the, the issue of blood, and then Jairus' daughter, you know, Jesus wanted to deal with the heart issue, so he, he addressed Jairus' daughter first. You know, the, the, the woman with the issue of blood first, because he, wanted, he, and that's just, he does the same thing for us. He deals with the heart issue, and the heart issue for that man was sin, because Jewish culture kind of dictated that uh, if in order, someone had, to be, had their sins forgiven before they could receive physical healing. So Jesus was kind of like throwing a wee spanner in the works, kind of mixing it up a little bit, saying, well, I can do both. And it's just as easy for Jesus to do both. So if we, have, if we need Jesus this morning to save our sins, he's here this morning to do that. And if we need him to, for a physical uh, healing, an emotional, a mental, he's here to do that there too. He just wants us to, to jump in. But the, the lesson that we'll learn here is that the faith really pleases God. Uh, verse 5. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. So whatever way we look at it, faith will touch the heart of God. Whether it's by conventional means of like, 30 hours a day in prayer, or whether it just means by going in the back door, breaking things and saying, Jesus, I'm here, I need you. He's going to do that there for us, he's, and that, that'll please him. And whenever we, whenever we activate that there in God, it touches his heart, and he's like, okay, I'll give it to you, whatever it may be. Um, and I think we're going to jump on a little bit, because time's pressing. So what, what do we learn from, uh, from these guys and, and Brother Matt? We all need people in our lives, and... Everybody needs, so there's this picture that was flowing around the internet on Friday, sorry, from the Tour de France. This is uh, Chris Froome, our champion on the left, and this guy on the right, I might pronounce his name wrong, his name's like Wood Pools, he's, he's from Holland, so, so everybody needs a Wood Pools in our life, and if you don't have one, you need to get one, and what the, I'll explain what that means, 
So on Friday was kind of like a key stage in the, in the race, and kind of, the race was kind of done and dusted by Friday. So it was in the mountains, and it was all it was really bad weather, and it was all dramatical, and it was getting, the, the field was spreading apart, and so Chris Froome's team was kind of like all, all over the place. But this guy here, Woot, goes to him, he, he didn't, we'll use a bit of creative license here, he may not have had this discussion while they're cycling up the Alps in, in France, but he's like, mate, I got your back, stick with me, come on, let's go, I'm with you in this, you're going to win this race, you know, you're, you're our main man, you're the leader of our team, I'm going to, you stick with me and I'll get you to that finish line. Because when you're on your own, when you're isolated, when you're stuck by yourself, you could easily just be like, oh, I'll just potter along here and go through the motions. But if we, if we find ourselves at a wood pools in our life, Someone who's going to pull, draw alongside us whenever we're, we're struggling, whenever all of, the, all of our teammates have fallen away, whenever, whenever they're working, whenever they're on holiday. The one, our wood is going to come into our life and be like, stick with me, I've got you. I'll, pay, I'll pace you through the race. I'll pace you through to the next level. So uh, we salute the wood poles for, he, he should get the credit for, for Chris Froome's win. But that's, that's, that's what we need to be like in community, surrounding our lives completely to other people and saying, I'm in it for you. I'm in it to help you. I want to help you. So we'll learn from... We're learning something from the, the Tour de France. The community works well, and it's good to, good to be in community. Otherwise, we're going to end up like the guy in John 5. Um, I'm sure you've all heard of this story. It's uh, the guy who was uh, in, a, in a pretty bad way. He uh, was paralyzed or something, or couldn't walk, and he had a condition for... Uh, he was sick for 30-something years. 30, 38 years. And what was interesting was he was knocking around this area, um, this place called the Pool of Bethesda. And what happened there, every now and again, there would have been, the waters would have been stirred up and it would have been bubbly and all, and there was healing in that there pool. And uh, just to throw away an interesting fact, the word Bethesda, Bethesda means a place of outpouring or a house of grace. It's not what the church is, a place of God outpouring his spirit and a place of grace. You know, and that's what we need to bring people into. We need to offer people the, the chance to come and encounter that. So because we don't have much time, I'm not going to read it all. But we'll look at a few verses. What I find interesting is, so you've got this man who's been sick for 38 years, sitting beside the pool. It's like he's looking at it. He's there. It's, it's in sight. It's, he can maybe even put his hand in the water, and he's waiting for this opportunity. So Jesus rocks up. The same Jesus has been healing people for, for years, for, for two or three years, not walking around, making massive meals out of bread and fish. And he looks at and Jesus is like, in verse 6, I love this. I absolutely love it. Verse 6, when Jesus... Um, saw him, and he knew he'd been ill for a long time. He asked him, would you like to go well? I think that's a bit of a... You kind of think it's a given. You know, like, he's, he's kind of in the general area. You know, where, where, where he should be. If, if I go over here, I'm going to get healed. So he's, he's standing here. But he was very much isolated, this guy. And I don't know whether he was isolated by his own choice or because people pushed him away because he was sick and different times, all other kind of nonsense. But he made the excuse in verse 7, and we're, we're at this too, we make excuses. I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Somebody else always gets ahead of me. And that, that's our problem, isn't it? How often do we do that? You know, it's like, I can't. I can't do it, God, no. I've got, I've got no one. I've got no one. And is that because we have chosen to isolate ourselves or because some people have pushed us away? And if people are pushing us away, then go and find other people. It's, it's all right, there's plenty of people here. What, seven billion people on the planet? I'm sure we'll find one or two for us each. But Jesus looked at him, you know, he asked him the question, and I believe that's the same question Jesus is asking us today. He's like, you know, do you want to get well? Do you want to, do you want to change? Or do you want to stay in your, you want to stay in your sick bed? Do you want to stay with your, your, your stinking thinking, your, your old mindset, you know, your, 
your, your selfish mentality or do you want changed? Because I can heal you without even throwing you in the water. You know, Jesus doesn't need a, the, the pool of Bethesda. He, just speak, he can just speak the word and it can happen. Which he did in, the next, in verse 8. He just said, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. You know, he didn't, we don't, we, Jesus doesn't need any props or any fun stuff. He can just kind of be like, do you want it? Okay, there it is. But this guy, kind of, he was faced with that question. And we need, to, we need to be faced with that question too. We need to ask ourselves if we, are, if we feel isolated, if we feel like this guy. Why am I like this? What is it? You know, and Jesus, what, what, what can you offer me? What do you have for me? You know, and um, I think it'd be very easy for us to, uh, to identify with where we're at, because you know, it's, it's second nature. But Jesus comes to do it a little bit differently. He sees us differently. He sees us as, as his sons and his daughters and his children. He doesn't see, he doesn't see me as just plain old Matthew, kind of not got an awful lot going on in life or whatever. He sees me as, as, as his son, and he sees me as in my full potential of, of what my calling is and, and what I can reach in him. And he, he sees us exactly the same way. So I guess I just want to close this morning. I you know, want to ask ourselves the question, you know, are we going to be like the, the four guys in Brother Matt? Are we going to be like uh, this fella here who's making excuses and he's isolating himself? Because, you know, Yes, this, the second guy did end up finding Jesus, but he struggled 38 years. I wouldn't want to be stuck on a problem for 38 years. 38 minutes may be long enough, maybe, but 38 years, no way. Let's, so let's, let's press in. Let's, let's fight past the obstacles. and let's, let's be like, you know what, Jesus, I have good issues. I need help. You know, and I, I, want, I want to find community. I want, to, I want to find change. Show me what that's like. And if we do, he's going to do it. Because in both the stories we see in the first one, the faith of the, the four guys pleased God and, and he acted upon it and, and he brought healing for the, the guy who was paralyzed. And even in the second one, whenever he got to the heart issue of the guy and he was saying, do you want to go well? Do you actually want to? Because it's not, it's not enough just to come to church. It's not, it's not just enough just to come and turn up every Sunday and sit down and be like, I'll come here, I'm knocking about. I can see what's going on. I can, I can sing a few songs. I can, I can pretend I'm praying. It's not enough just to come. We need to really jump in and to really encounter Jesus and get, get to his feet and get, into his, get into, his, into his presence and be like, change me, help me. I want, I want to be different. I want, I, want, I want this healing you're talking about. I want to, to walk in, in the fullness and in, in abundant life. So I guess I'll just uh, close with prayer if that's okay. Father, I just thank you this morning that, that you love us and that your heart for us is community. And you, you long to... You long for us to dwell with people, God, and whenever we dwell with people and, and get around, your word says that when two or three are gathered, there you are in the midst. And Lord, we thank you that, that you're calling us to community, and we thank you for community. And I just pray for anyone this morning that, that would feel isolated, that, that there would be opportunities for them to just to come forward, Lord, and, and to step into community and to find you. Lord, we pray against those obstacles. We just ask that that your peace and your love and your goodness would, would come into people's lives, that people would encounter you, God, that they would know, the, know what it is to, to meet with you and have, a, have, the, have our lives changed. So we just pray this morning and thank you for, for what you're doing and what you've done, and we just pray that you be with us, God. Amen.